Howdy! Welcome back to Forte Catholic with your amazing host, me, Taylor Schroll. It's fantastic to be here with you tonight. Um, we are recording this a day early on Monday. It is the night after the Super Bowl. What an amazing night. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl today. We're going to be talking about sports and faith, how they mix, how they don't. We're going to be talking about what Pope Francis says about sports, um, getting into that in the second segment. And then we're also going to be joined by special guest, Mr. Chris Johnson, also known as the Pokey Evangelist, about how Pokemon and evangelism actually go hand in hand, which you would have never thought. But he's going to explain to you why that is actually the case. So uh, Super Bowl was last night is one of the greatest sporting events I have ever seen. We have been extremely lucky as uh, just general sports fans this year. The Super Bowl was the biggest comeback of all time. Um, ended up becoming, you know, Tom Brady became the winning most uh, quarterback with the most Super Bowl wins of all time. Uh, we the game came down to the last second. It came. It went into the first Super Bowl ever in overtime after fifty one of them. The uh, NCAA basketball tournament this uh, in this last. Ca- uh, 365 days came down to the last shot. The Baseball World Series went to Game 7, came down to went into extra innings, came down to the last minute, last out. Uh, The NBA Finals got pushed to a Game 7 with arguably the best Finals performance ever by LeBron James. Literally came down to the last minute with one of the most memorable blocks of all time by the King, Mr. LeBron James. It has been a great, great year for sports fans, and last night did not disappoint. Like, I, I went in. I wasn't really going for the Patriots or the Falcons. I was rooting for history because uh, no matter who won last night, history was going to happen. The Falcons were going to get their first Super Bowl. Mr. Matt Ryan, who, who was the league MVP, was going to get his first Super Bowl. Or this man named Tom Brady, who everybody has an opinion on. They either love him or they hate him. Um, he is the, the um, quarterback for the New England Patriots who ended up winning last night. He's the now now has the most Super Bowls for any quarterback. Is uh, officially the goat. He's officially the greatest Q- QB of all time. Everybody was arguing it um, leading into this year, or leading into this week, all talking about the Super Bowl, all the coverage and everything. It is official now. There's no argument that he is not the greatest quarterback of all time. So uh, I have a couple people here in the studio, um, and, and as we get started, we're, uh, they're waving, which is great for radio. Just brilliant, brilliant human beings here. Um, so. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, about the Super Bowl. Uh, Jake, what did you do for the Super Bowl yesterday? Well, as a youth minister, I uh, had a youth night last night. and so, But we watched the Super Bowl at the youth night. Um, I personally was not watching it the entire time as I was playing Nine Square and trying to defuse other bombs. Um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're going to have to explain that last one. <laughs> what is Nine Square? I mean, I'm kidding. Don't explain that one. <laughs> what is, why were you diffusing bombs with children? Yeah, so we were just <laughs> we were playing a game. Um, it was on the computer. It's called uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. So what happens is somebody is looking. That's why I'm always so loud because I, I feel right. like if I stop talking, I'm going to explode. Yes. So what happens is somebody's on the computer and they see a bomb and it has all of these modules um, and then the person on the other side of the computer who can't see the bomb has a physical paper manual of how to defuse this bomb. And so they're trying to, they're communicating with each other about how to defuse this bomb. 
I got you. So yeah, you almost derailed the show there right from the beginning. Yeah, I played with bombs with children last night. You almost lost your job. I almost lost my job. <laughs> it was a fun night. <laughs> so you didn't actually watch the game. Did you did you I, I watched some of it and we watched all the way up to the third quarter because that's when the youth night ended. So I was like, Okay, you got it. Like it was three to I mean it was what what was the score? It's, Six it's, to twenty eight, yeah, tw- nine to twenty eight, whatever Something it was. Like that, yeah. And I was like, Okay, yeah, the, the Falcons got it and then we turned off the T V, closed up the youth night and I was on my way over to a friend's house and the they had the Falcons had lost and I was like, What? I don't understand how that happened. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a picture of Tom Brady at halftime where he's just like sitting with his hands and hands on his face and like looking all dejected, staring at the ground. And it kind of looks like he's either super sad or he's praying. And I saw this meme this morning because they mounted the greatest comeback of all time. And it was like, I need to know what prayer Tom Brady prayed right before halftime because <laughs> I need that kind of prayer in my life. So, uh, so yeah, it was just a, a crazy, crazy night. We've got another guest here, Miss 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 Abby. I won't. I won't say your nickname on the air. Abby, how are you doing today? So good, doing so so well in this, in this afternoon. <laughs> She's not nervous at all. She's, <laughs> so, well, I've we, never been on the radio before. Yeah, so this this this, this, this is exciting is, for me. This is fun for you. She was like, she was wanted to say hi hi to her mom and dad, just like Lady Gaga did last night, right? Lady Gaga, so good. Yes. Oh my god. So so we had to, we had to get um we had to get the girls' perspective on the Super Bowl, which uh. You know, the large majority of women only care about the uh, the halftime show and the commercials, right? So, yes. what 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 <laughs> happened in this in this halftime show for the crazy people who live under a rock and didn't hear about it? Okay, first of all, she had um, dancing lights behind her. That was awesome. Yeah, they were con- like controlled by drones. Yeah, they were drones. It was crazy. They were drones. Whoa. It was so cool. And then also, she came in from the like the ceiling, the the, the roof. She just like jumped. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool! I, I was so excited. I saw the beginning of it and then thought this is inappropriate to have at a youth night, so I turned it off at the youth. So I didn't get to watch any of it. Oh, but it was so wonderful. She sang all of her popular songs, "Poker Face." Um, I love that song about poking girls' faces. Poker face, poker face. Um, and then she sang. Um, she sang um, the new her new song. What is it called? A million, a million reasons. It's really good. It's a really good song. Yeah, I lost interest already. Oh my god! Um, so <laughs> the, the cool part was when she jumped off the ceiling, like yeah. legit. Like oh, so, this is Reliance, Reliant, or uh, it used to be called Reliance Stadium. Now it's called Energy Stadium in in Houston. She's standing on the top, and she starts by singing like, "Oh, beautiful for great for yeah. spacious skies." I'm gonna say gracious skies. Like, why are the skies gracious? <laughs> um, and then she's saying, "God bless America." And then like legit. She, just jumped. she jumped off the ceiling of this stadium. It's like thirty, you know, thirty or forty stories high. Yeah. And she was like, like she had like these like metal cords like holding her up, right? And she was just like, she literally just jumped off the side of a building and continued singing. It was absolutely totally fearless. Yeah, so totally fearless. No, no, that was so Katy Perry. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, no, you almost you almost made a cop com- culture reference, Jake. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Almost. So yeah, so we all like we all got to watch the Super Bowl or at least heard about it yesterday. I had um, uh, I had some friends over. We had uh, some family friends, and it was it was interesting. The two families that came over first have very small children, very very young children. So they came over and they were talk um, until halftime. Started watching halftime. We all watched the halftime show, and then they were like, "Oh, we have to get our kids home and go to sleep." I'm like, "Oh man, 
that's terrible. Like I, as a parent, have decided that my kids aren't going into bed until the game's over because that's I have my priorities straight, right? But uh, uh, you can argue about that on on um, during the commercial here coming up. Um, but yeah, we had these two families over. They left at halftime, so like we had like the game in the first quarter was just boring. Like I think it was zero to zero or like three to zero at the end of the first quarter. It was just a boring game. We're like that was like the fastest first quarter ever because absolutely nothing happened, right? So we we're just kind of catching up. Spending time with these families. That's one of my favorite parts about the Super Bowl is it brings so many people together, right? Like, it, I, it was cool being in my, like, watching. I grew up in the Houston area. The Super Bowl was in Houston, and I got to see, like, my town, like, ri- uh, rise up. No pun intended. That was the that was the Falcons, like, slogan, womp womp for them since they lost. But uh, it was just cool seeing, like, all these people coming to Houston. And, and then also, like, I mean, Super Bowl parties are a thing. Like, they're a big deal, right? One of my favorite parts of every year is going to a Super Bowl party, but this year we we hosted one, right? And we had a, we had a couple of these families over, and it was just fun because uh, like to build that community, right? Uh, it was a couple of families that we know kind of well, but wanted to get to know more, and we got to know them more yesterday. And it was you know at every one there's some there's always fans for for both teams, right? And that's always kind of uh, exhilarating to work through, but. Um, they left around halftime and then we were like, it was just like me and my wife and the two kids. And I, I legitimately thought about like, like having it on, but like doing something on my iPad, like not really watching the game anymore. And I like, I did that. Right. I, uh, had my iPad and I was playing a game on my iPad during the third quarter. It was kind of boring. Still like nothing happened. Then all of a sudden at the end of the third quarter, the Patriots were down. Like, I think like, like three scores, they were, they were down. Uh, they had they had to get two touchdowns, two uh, two point conversions, and, and and then another score. It was just absolutely ridiculous, and they ended up pulling it off. It was one of the most like like however boring the first quarter was was how exhilarating the fourth quarter was, right? And then they send it into overtime, and the Patriots get the ball first, and they just drive down like they were they there was no way they were going to get stopped at that point, right? They just drove down the field, and they scored, right? So like. The biggest thing that I was thinking about, about the Super Bowl and about why I love it and what it has to do with our faith is, is two main things, right? We as people are made for greatness and we love watching greatness. Like we love watching people excel. We love excelling ourselves. Like we, we and this is exactly what we're created for. There's that quote that I think we've talked about in the air before that um, Pope Benedict XVI said, you know, a lot of people are so focused on comfort that our, that our culture and our, and our lives were focused on comfort. But we weren't made for comfort. We were made for greatness. So like watching people achieve things and accomplish things um, inspires us, right? Like just watching sports. Like it's one of the big reasons I love watching sports. I love watching people set their minds to something and then achieve that, right? Because like uh, there's this uh, like Gallup Strengths Finder test that that, uh, we took as a staff. My number one, like the thing that defines me. My number one thing is achiever. I love achieving things, right? So, like, I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing literally every sport. Uh, I, I had I got my letter jacket my sophomore year. I was a letter, letterman in three different sports. Played played a fourth one that I didn't letter in because I wasn't very good at baseball. Um, but uh, and then I ended up being a an athlete in college as well. Like my whole life has been revolved around sports, right? And uh, 
it's something that I'm just very passionate about. And I was, I've always thought about like why this is. And I think this is a big one. It's because we're all called to strive for greatness. And like in our faith life, we're called to be the best versions of ourselves. We're called to be like Christ, who's the greatest person of all time, right? So if, if, if we're inspired by the greatness of this, this number 12 on the Patriots, this Tom Brady, right? Just, just a guy, very pretty man with a very pretty wife, but he's just a guy, right? He's, he's very good at throwing a ball to other people, right? Like it's just like in the grand scheme of things, it's like obviously football is not the most important thing in the world. But what sports is able to do is give us an avenue to see greatness and to bring people together, right? And that's the two main things that the Super Bowl do. We love watching people strive for greatness and achieve this greatness, and we love coming together to watch them do that. So... Um, I wanted to kind of start today off talking about this this balance between sports and faith because I know there's a lot of people who are like oh really anti sports or anti football for whatever reason right there are people who are anti Super Bowl for whatever reason there are some bad things that go on with the Super Bowl we know that it's the largest sex trafficking day in the entire world we know that like uh, uh, you know f- football is a violent game and people are like well Jesus didn't like violence I'm like well. You didn't read the Old Testament very much. Uh, God was pretty violent in the Old Testament. But, um, you know, he was also flipping over tables and that kind of thing, right? Um, but, like, I get it, right? Like, there, there are some good arguments against sports. But so how I want to um, kind of start off today is talking about the main things that I learned growing up as an athlete and how they made me the person that I am today um, and that made me the, the Christian that I am today. So first and foremost, um, one of the things that we learned from from watching sports and being inspired by the great ones or from playing sports um, growing up is work ethic and discipline. Like I think all of my work ethic comes from, and where I learned that is from playing sports. So um, my dad would like, he was, he's the king of work ethic, right? He would not allow me to not work hard. Um, if you've never seen a picture of me, congratulations, you've made it. Um, but like, I'm a large white person. Like I shouldn't be athletic. Typically large white males are not the most athletic people in the world, right? And I played, I, I grew up playing sports with people who probably were more naturally talented than I am. But I made the decision. I knew like I was going to have to work harder than literally everybody on the court, everybody on the field, everybody on the track. And eventually it ended up paying off for me. Right. So um, I, I was on teams where like I was on a basketball team, for instance, where I was not the most talented person on the team. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the strongest. Um, but I, I worked harder than everybody on that team. And I started and I ended up being one, like I was one of our biggest contributors on the team, not because of the natural talent that God gave me, but because like every practice I was working as hard as I possibly could. Every loose ball into the stands. I was diving in the stands. I had, you know, getting cut up on my face because I was hitting wooden stands and like everything that I was going to do, I was just going to completely lay out. Right. Um, and, and then discipline, the, the ability to know how to work hard, the ability to stick to something. Waking up, there was, there was one year, my best basketball year, my best basketball season I ever had, we had practice at 5.30 in the morning. I hate mornings so much. Like, I don't think God's awake until about 8 a.m., right? And I wake up about 10 minutes after he does just uh, to make sure he's awake before I wake up. <laughs> so, like, I had to be disciplined that year. 
I had to make this choice that I was going to to wake up, that I was going to be my best. And a, a lot of student athletes know that you have to have discipline on the court, but also off the court. You have to be able to manage your schoolwork. You have to be able to manage um, practice times and, and game times and all of these things, right? And there was one thing for me, like growing up, one of the biggest temptations for young people is is to you know to go out and party, to drink, to smoke, to do all uh, all these things that we shouldn't be doing. And like legit, like if you ask me, like the reason, like I didn't drink until until I turned twenty one. Well, okay, I had one with my parents. I had a margarita on uh, on the Riverwalk in San Antonio with my parents when I was like twenty in a couple of weeks. But like I didn't drink by myself till I was twenty one. And it wasn't because I was this like super pious and super holy kid that was like, the Lord thus saith, I shall not um, touch the alcohol to my lips until I turn 21. Like, I actually haven't ever read that in the Bible anywhere. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I did read that you're, you know, you're supposed to uh, follow the laws of the land and all those kind of things, right? So there's, there's some respect involved in there. But like, legitimately, the real reason that I didn't do any of that stuff it was because I was I, I all I wanted to do was be good at sports. That's all I wanted in my life, right? I wanted to be able to run faster, jump higher, uh, work harder, uh, pass better, shoot better than anybody out, out on the court. Like I was striving for this greatness. I didn't want anything to come in the way of that, right? And so we are able to learn these things from sports. And I'm gonna, I, and we're going to move uh, into break here in just a second, but we're going to come back and keep talking about this. I'm going to continue talking about some of the things that that I learned in sports. Talk a little bit about how it uh, affects my coaching at St. Joseph's Catholic School, coaching these these young um, these young men in high school, and how how we're learning some of these things together. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, um, and we're going to uh, continue to talk about the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll also talk about what Pope Francis says about sports. So uh, we'll be back here in just a couple of minutes. Enjoy those commercials. I hope they're as good as the Super Bowl, and we will be right back. Forte Catholic. If you are a regular listener of the show, you're expecting the show not right now to be broken up. Um, instead of just hearing my voice, I'm usually interviewing someone right now. But uh, you're stuck with me for the moment because I want to keep talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl came in and took over all of uh, the media, so it's going to continue taking over this little bit of media. Um, so if you uh, just joining us after the break, we've been talking about the Super Bowl, our experience of the Super Bowl, and we started a conversation on what sports and faith have to do with each other, right? And I'm, I'm a, I've been a big athlete my whole life, and I started talking about the things that I have learned um, from being around sports my entire life. I'm going to continue on that. The first one I talk about, I talked about was uh, work ethic and discipline. Uh, all young people who are, who are playing sports and these great athletes that we watched the Super Bowl yesterday definitely have a lot to teach us about work ethic and discipline. All the, all these things are good Christian qualities, qualities that we 
want in a good Christian man or woman. And these are a lot of things that we learn in sports. So the second one that I want to talk about is dealing with adversity. So uh, I'm a, currently a coach at St. Joseph's Catholic School for the basketball team. We are like three and like 20 something right now. So we've won like three games and played, I think like 25 or something like that. So we're not very good. So we're dealing with a lot of, a lot of adversity and it's, it's tough. Like it's tough for the coaches. It's tough for the players. And it really has been reminding me of my sophomore year playing basketball. I, it was a rough, rough year for me. So all growing up, I, I played city ball. I played select ball and there were three guys. Me, my best friend, and this other guy that we were kind of regarded as the three best players in our class. So freshman year, I played on the freshman team. Those two guys played on varsity. I was like, oh, that, that kind of stinks, right? I kind of thought the three of us were equals. Uh, a lot of people regarded us that, but the coach apparently didn't regard us that way. Uh, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll play on the freshman team. So I played on the freshman team. The next year, of course, they're still on varsity. Um, most of my peers ended up becoming going on the JV team. So I'm like, okay, now I'm just being slighted, right? So I'm a sophomore. I thought freshman year I probably should have been on varsity with those guys. Now I'm on my sophomore year, not on varsity, not on JV. I'm on the sophomore team, right? So I'm just like literally like feeling like I'm getting slapped in the face, right? So then it gets even worse. It really, really does. So the first game on sophomore team – there's there's four you know I'm I'm starting there's four other starters and we had the same starting lineup for the for the first three games the first game I had 25 points and 20 rebounds it was my only 2020 game in my entire career and I hit the game winning shot right after this big football player elbowed me in the eye and literally like my eye had shut closed by the time I went to go shoot these free throws so I drained these two free throws with like a second left and won the game right so you'd think like the coaches would see, oh, maybe we made a mistake. This guy's really good. Nope, didn't move me up. The next game, we played against this high school that actually uh, Derek Carr, who's in the NFL, he, he went to that school. And uh, I played against this team, and I scored 42 points. The most points I ever scored in my entire career in one game. I scored 42 points. You'd think the coaches would recognize me. Nope. <laughs> Still didn't call me up. Still didn't even move me to JV, right? I played my next game. Um, I got, I think it was an assist away from having a triple-double. So what that is is like double digits in three different categories, right? So I had over 10 points. I had over 10 rebounds. And I think I was like one assist or one, one steal away or something. I can't remember. It was a very long time ago. But I was like one away from having a triple-double. So you'd think, okay, now the coaches have to notice, right? They have to notice I'm doing something special. We won those three games. I was leading the team. It's going really well, right? The next day, after that third game, they moved the other four starters up to JV. Not me. Not the guy who just had, like, the best three-game stretch that that school had seen in a very long time. They didn't move me up. They left me on the sophomore team for the entire year while they left, like, my other players who did almost nothing those first three games. Move them up, right? It was a very rough situation. Basketball is my first love. Like I, 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 I've said before that I probably, I probably loved my parents before I loved the game of basketball, but it was pretty darn close. I've loved basketball since I was a very, very little kid, and I, I, I you know, spent my whole. I, I played year round. I played 
city in the fall and then played pickup in the spring and played select in the summer. I had put my whole life around this, and now these coaches were taking it away from me, right? And I just wanted to quit. I was done. I was so mad, so angry, so frustrated. So I called my mom when I found out after that last game. I was like, Mom, I'm quitting. I'm so done with this. I'm so tired of these coaches. I'm so tired of not getting the respect. I'm so tired of being slighted. And uh, we had a very, very long conversation for about 45 minutes on the phone. Cell phones had just become a thing. <laughs> so we were talking. I was talking on this cell phone. One of the first cell phone conversations I ever had. And uh, just she just kept t- like listening to me, right, and encouraging me like, well, that, you know, this is something that you committed to. And, uh, and God's going to see you through it, right? She gave me this verse that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that speaks against you thou shalt condemn. So like essentially she was saying like God's on your side no matter what other people say, no matter what other people do, all you can do is control you, right? So um, obviously there was this sporting situation that helped uh, that I had to deal with adversity, right? I think sticking it out in adversity. So me back in my sophomore year in basketball, our our basketball team now, we've been so proud of them at times for just like staying in and not quitting on themselves, not quitting on the team, not quitting on their coaches, not quitting on their teammates, um, and continuing to to work hard and want to get better at this game of basketball that we all love. So that's – and like – all of these sports for, for, for young people are preparing them, they prepared me for adult life, right? Adults listening to me right now, you're dealing with some adversity right now, I'm guessing. Whether it's at work or it's with your family or it's with whatever, your friends, whatever's going on, we all know that we have to deal with adversity. And uh, sports is a way to train young people on how to do that. It also taught teamwork, right? Like, like there's, I love sports because there are different positions, right? There, and in, in, in uh, like in the Super Bowl yesterday, there was there was Tom Brady playing quarterback, there was Julio Jones playing receiver, there was you know people playing defense, people playing offense, big fat guys, little skinny fast guys, right? And ev- all of those players, all those different people from different places, all had to work together for the common goal they were trying to achieve of winning the Super Bowl. And I, I think there's a lot to t- to teach us in our adult lives and in our faith lives about like how we see these sports teams work together, right? They practice together. They spend time together. And like the importance of community for us as, as Christians, as Catholics, like we cannot do this alone, right? Even if you think about the mass, there are some people who can sing and some people that if you put in front of a microphone, everybody would want to leave church, right? Like there's, there's certain things that we can all do. Some people are great at greeting people. Some people are kind of grumpy, right? Like <laughs> we all have our place to be and our place to fit. And, and it says this in, 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 in 1 Corinthians. It talks about the body of Christ and how in a body you need the hands, you need the feet, you need the belly button, you need the eyes, you need the ears. Like all these things are necessary. And we all, like, just if I'm a foot, I can't try to be a hand or try to be an eye. Like, we all have to work together to make this whole body of Christ continue moving forward. That's your local parish. That's your family. That's the, the church as a whole. So that's another one of those great things that we can learn from sports. Another big one is kind of goes with that dealing with adversity is, is your character when losing. We all know that there, there are times where we're going to lose in life, where you're going to apply for a job and not get in, where you're going to apply for a college and not get in, where you're going to um, like, you know, try as hard as you can at something and come up short. And uh, that, like, that is very, very, a very, very difficult thing to do, no matter what part uh, or stage of, you, of your life that you are in, is nobody likes to lose, right? 
But who are you going to be whenever things don't go your way, right? Um, I, I think often when I, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with this in, in myself or, or dealing with it as a coach of the, watching these young people you know, lose basketball games, something they're so passionate about and something that they want to be great at. And the, the thing that continues to pop into my mind is that when Jesus died on the cross, it looked like a loss, right? It, it looked like the worst thing ever. But then three days later, he rose again, and it was the greatest victory, right? So a lot of times when we lose, it's training us in our character. It's training us and, and, and testing us and molding us and forming us into the people that God wants us to be. It, it can also teach us leadership and influence. I think a lot of my leadership, I, I attribute almost all of my leadership in, in ministry now and in, in coaching and all of these things to my time in sports. I learned how to be a leader by being on a team and how to uh, first – because every great leader has to first know how to follow. So by by listening to my coaches, like I was talking to some of my team, uh, the, some some of the kids on the team earlier, like I couldn't stand most of my coaches, right? Like I th- I had I, I was trying to th- like count how many coaches I had from growing up in all the sports. Uh, I played you know sports year round. Had multiple coaches. I probably had over a hundred, maybe even two hundred coaches in my life. I think I liked like three of them, right? It's like you, you, a lot of times we don't like these authority figures. We don't like, you know, because they're in charge of us, right? And we don't, if we want, everybody wants everything their way. And when we don't get it, we're upset. It's kind of what we talked about last week, what Marcel Lejeune was talking about at the family retreat of, uh, I, I hate free will, but I love mine, right? Like I don't like it in other people's, but I really like my free will. And so um, we have to, I had to learn how to follow. I had to learn how to, to go with what this leader was saying, whether I agreed with it or not. And then also like being able to step up and take lead and take responsibility for things, right? I loved being the guy that took the last shot. I loved that risk. I was like, if, if I'm going to take the last shot, I, and if I hit it, we win. Great. I led our team to victory. If I missed it, then okay, fine. Like I, I was fine with having that on my shoulders. And I think a lot of those things have really translated into being the leader that I've been um, in, in college and, and, in, and in growing up and even now. Um, so, uh, and then finally, this last one, the one that I was always kind of bad at, I tell my, te- my team this a lot, uh, controlling your emotions. Uh, we all, whenever we're in competition, we're playing sports, um, people can tend to get pretty, uh, pretty emotional, right? And one of the, th- like, you know, some you can think now of your business meetings or, or things going on at work. It's a very, very great uh, thing for you to, to to have if you're able to control your emotions in the workplace, in the home, as a parent, as a teacher, as whatever, as a volunteer, as a pastor, whatever whatever you are. It's a great quality to have if you're able to control your emotions. And I was a very emotional player. I tell my I tell my uh, my team a lot. I might have. Uh, average as many fouls as I did assists a game, right? I probably averaged as many technicals a season as, uh, as most people did points. But, uh, uh, but it was one of those things that I had to learn to grow with, right? And that's, that's what sports was able to do for me. And so uh, of all these things that I learned, um, it, it's uh, something I just want to encourage you guys on. For any young people that are listening that are playing sports, like this is why you play, right? The percentage of people who are going to make it to college is like less than 1%. And the people who are going to go pro from that is like less than 1% of 1% of 1%, right? Like we're not, most of us aren't playing to do this as a profession. But 
when athletes are hired into jobs, most of the time they're they're some of the highest performers at whatever job they're doing because they have this work ethic discipline. They know how to deal with adversity. They're great at working with a team. They keep they keep their character when they're when things aren't going well. They're able to control their emotions and they're great followers and they're great leaders with people at great influence, right? So for you parents who are who have your young people in sports, I would uh Use this as a gauge and, and see, okay, how is my young person growing in these things through sports? And how are they not? How can I challenge them to grow in these things through their sports? And then most importantly, how can we connect these things to our faith? What does work ethic and discipline have to do with our faith? It's like everything that we do is supposed to be for the glory of God, right? Continuing to work hard and, and to put in, um, put our, our, our best effort and our best uh, 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 talents and skills towards building the kingdom. Um, and all these other things that I listed. It's a great way um, to teach your kids in a very fun way uh, the truths of the faith. So um, before, before we kind of head into the break, I want to uh, talk to you about this video, and I want to let you listen to the audio of it. The YouVersion Bible app that I have talked about multiple times in this show, I use it on my phone. It's a great way to read the Bible, to use these Bible plans. Um, every year, YouVersion interviews um, players who are in the Super Bowl um, about their Christian faith. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. The YouVersion Bible app helps me to stay focused every day, whether it's a, a year devotional, a 30-day devotional. Like right now, to start the playoffs, I did a finding God at the workplace. There's nothing better than when I wake up in the morning, I just grab my phone, log onto the app, and I can read it before I get out of bed. To start your day off, uh, that's one of the ones, one things I do. I have a reminder that goes off at 6.30, boom. Patrick read the scripture of the day. It's just a really unique way to kind of dig into the word. Instead of just reading aimlessly at times, uh, being able to use their plans, uh, you know, at, at different seasons in my life when I need them, whether it's something on parenting, whether it's something on marriage, whether it's something during the, uh, the Christmas season, uh, just to have that organization as I do my studies, uh, it's really been great. It's really been helpful for my wife and I. It's just easy to pull out your phone and pull up that app and any type of inspiration you need or whatever struggles you're going through, I mean, you've got everything you need right there. YouVersion helps me um, access that, that verse quickly when it's on the tip of my tongue or I'm, I meet up with somebody and we we're just talking about the Lord and all of a sudden, you know, a verse hits us and we want to, we got to find it someplace to get more context. So that was players in yesterday's Super Bowl. Devin McCourty, Patrick DeMarco, Matthew Slater, Josh Harris, Jordan Richards. These are guys who are using their influence. They're using their popularity to um, promote Christianity, to promote the Word of God. And that's another great thing that sports can do for us. Like, you know, kids look up to sports stars, right? There are tons of kids who look up to Tom Brady and Devin McCourty and a lot of these guys uh, who were in the video, who were in the game last night. And they're able to use that to point to God, right? There's this, there's this, uh, there's this company called Active Faith. That's a, they're a a, cloth, a Christian clothing company, and their slogan is "In Jesus' name I play," right? So instead of "In Jesus' name I pray," it's kind of a play on words, right? "In Jesus' name I play," because um, they get that from Colossians three seventeen says, "Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him." So they have professional athletes um, who who wear their who wear their apparel, and obviously they're you know Christian athletes like like Tim Tebow who did the Tebowing thing and acknowledging God after all of his touchdowns. You have you know players wearing John three sixteen on their 
on their eye black. You have um, basketball players like Steph Curry writing Bible verses on their on their shoes, right? So being able to use their platform to point to God. And that's what all of us are called to do, whether you're famous like those guys, you're just a, a local radio show host like me, or you're just a, a plumber listening to some random Catholic radio show. Um, all of us are supposed to be pointing to God and giving thanks to him. So we didn't get into a lot of what Pope Francis has to say about sports. We will do a part two and get into that next week because right when we come back, we're going to be interviewing the Poke Evangelist about what Pokemon and faith have to do with each other. We'll be right back. We are back. As promised, I'm here with the Poke Evangelist on the line, Mr. Chris Johnson. We had quite, quite some fun on uh, talking on the phone off the air right before um, the music came back on. The music came back on. Everybody in the studio is just hanging out, was jamming out. But without further ado, Mr. Poke Evangelist, how are you doing over there tonight, sir? Taylor, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, uh, if you would have asked me when I was six, and uh, hey, six-year-old Taylor, do you think when you're 27 years old, you'll be doing a radio, uh, hosting a radio show, talking to a person named Poke Evangelist? I would have told you, yeah, probably. That's probably where my life's going to end up. So, so, uh, Good, I like the optimist. Yeah, yeah. I was a very odd kid. Um, <laughs> so what... What's the deal with this Poke Evangelist thing, man? It's super creative, but it's also quite odd. So, so uh, why don't you share with with me and share with the audience what is a Poke Evangelist? Well, a Poke Evangelist is really just an evangelist who likes Pokemon. But um, I I came up with the idea because I feel like the best way to well the best way to to talk to kids and the best way to be around kids is to meet them on their level. Um, and it's to be genuinely yourself. And so as I was looking at myself and what I like, I realized that I'm just a big nerd and I've always been a big nerd and there's different ways that has manifested my life. And one of the big ones has been Pokemon. Like I just love Pokemon and it's just something that really has come to define me. Like people like sports and they play sports or people like to ballet. So they ballet and people do all kinds of stuff and so Pokemon has always been my my thing and it's been what's made me me really and so I realized that when I when I talk to the kids um, when I get the most response and I get the most feedback it's when I'm mostly myself and that comes when I get to talk about Pokemon and not just Pokemon but things I love and there's a lot of things I love that the kids can connect with as well so um, I use my my method of the new evangelization is to really just um, hit them where they're nerdy because everyone has a little bit nerdy in them, if not a lot. Yeah, I'm sure that's what Pope, Pope John Paul II meant when he talked about the new evangelization. Go go play Pokemon with them. That, that's probably exactly I'm what he meant. I'm pretty sure he said you got to catch them all, so yeah, I'm I think working that, on it. I think that was, that was uh, Noah, actually. Um, oh, yeah. So, so first and foremost, I have a couple of questions about your explanation. Number one, is ballet a verb? Uh, yes. It's just like when you are an usher and you ush, people, um, <laughs> you ballet. 
Yeah. It's like you were like people who like to ballet. I'm like, I, I, I was genuinely asking that question. I wasn't sure if ballet was. Yeah, I painted myself into a corner with that one. I yeah. didn't prepare that, I'll be honest. There, you prepared that one. You set me up for that one. I knocked it out of the park. Um, also, you yeah. said that uh, you are around kids. So um, what we know that you're the poke evangelist. Like we also know that there's a person behind the mask, right? So who actually are you and why are you around kids so much? Like my, do you need my name? I don't know if you've, I mean, unless you have some secret identity, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. That's such a good idea. No, my name's, my name's Chris Johnson and I work in the diocese of Tyler as the director of youth ministry at the cathedral here. And so it's a really cool opportunity. Our diocese is just so interesting. It's it's relatively new. It has um, two full-time youth ministers, but we're about the size of the Dallas diocese. So um, it's been an adventure. I've been there. I've been here for a year and a half now, um, going on two years. Um, I the program is great. The kids are amazing. Um, I have like a very wide range of private school, public school, homeschool kids, which makes it a challenge and fun in itself. And so. Um, that's what that's what I do. I work as youth minister. I live at the Pines Catholic Camp because my wife works here as the director of summer programs. So it's a pretty charmed life, to be honest. I've got all Catholic around me all the time. Yeah. So not only do you like working with kids, you like living around where kids come to camp. Like you just can't get enough of 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 young people. Is apparently what I'm hearing, right? So not only yeah, do you love Pokemon, you're also a little bit crazy because you like being around young people all the time. So uh, one thing, another thing that you you mentioned in in your introduction is that it's important um, as as you as the Poke Evangelist, it's important for people to realize that we all need to be ourselves, to be the importance of being yourself. So why is that so important for you, and why is that so important for the young people of our of our uh, of the, of today's time to hear? I I feel like so many times the young people are given this message of conformity that they need to fit in, that they need to um, to do things that their friends are doing, and if not, they're going to be outcasts and things like that. And I know I fell into that um, in college. I stopped liking Pokemon, and there was absolutely no reason for it, just in high school especially and in college, um, other than the fact like it made me stand out a little more than I wanted to. I kind of just wanted to to blend in. And so seeing myself as an example, I look to the kids and, and I really want them to know that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be um, weird. It's okay to be um, awkward sometimes. And so I try to really instill that in the kids and in my, like the volunteers I work with, um, you know, I have volunteers who are old and, and that's what they're really good at is being old and liking old things. So <laughs> I, uh, they're good at being old. Them, I've never heard that yeah, described ever before. They're really good. And so I tell them, you know, <laughs> it's okay to be old. Like, just be the best grandma you can be <laughs> with your small group, with the kids. Like, don't try to be, don't dab because, unless it's like ironic, but don't like actually dab, you know, because that's not you. You're really good at like doing the twist. So do that, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> You're cracking me up, man. And there's other people in the studio here and choking on their food, whatever, whatever you're talking about this stuff. So, so um, and actually, like the reason I stayed Catholic, like I love the Eucharist. I, I love the, the fullness of truth. 
What what really kept me there was that a youth minister told me what you just said. It's okay to be weird and be Catholic. I'm like, okay, this is this is where I fit in, right? So um, absolutely. So for for you, Mister Poke Evangelist, what the heck does Pokemon have to do with the faith? Well, I that's what's so beautiful about and beautiful kind of strong where that's what's so great about Pokemon is that it's so flexible. And so like a lot of times I, before, like my first Pokemon gig in youth ministry was uh, when I used different Pokemon to explain the um, seven sacraments and it just tied in perfectly. And even the kids who don't have never played Pokemon, like they could understand where I was coming from. Um, And my love of Pokemon has really reflected my Catholic journey. I started out really strong when I was young and I was a cradle Catholic. I loved God. Um, I really wanted to be a priest in like eighth grade. Like that was my goal is to be a priest who played baseball. That's just because no girls liked you at the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, For those of you that don't know, he's happily married now. So I can say stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then in high school and college, I kind of slipped away from the faith only because I just wanted different, like I wanted to fit in and not a lot of my friends were Catholic. And so um, same with Pokemon. I just stopped playing because I didn't, I, I, you know, no one else was. And so I didn't want to be stand out. And so in college, I found some really good friends who I lived with who were good Catholics and they got me back on a good, um, prayer life and a good spiritual um they got me back on my spiritual journey and same with pokemon they loved pokemon so we bonded over that as much as we did christ and so it really just has been the experience of my life that pokemon has has mirrored my faith life and it's not just pokemon i do i mean i love anything like star wars lord of the rings batman or comics in general everything like that and so my friends really showed me that it was okay to just be weird and you know ever since then it's been all weird all the time yeah so you and i are happier i'm way happier yeah you and i are very similar in that way we're using the things that got us made fun of when we were young as part of our ministry now hooray Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what absolutely it's it's interesting because i'm hearing you talk about like your pokemon journey and your your faith journey and it's what's interesting for me that i kind of, i hadn't realized about myself is like i stopped playing pokemon around around college as well like um i played a little bit in high school but just kind of slowly stopped playing and then a, a couple years ago i got back into playing it but the reason that i stopped playing the game is because like number one i just just losing time and losing interest but the, the main thing for me was that every game seemed to be exactly the same right like it, it was just just new new names and new faces, but everything was exactly the same. And then I started thinking, it's like, oh, that's kind of why I stopped liking Mass too, right? Because it was just so mm-hmm. repetitive over and over again. So what do you see, how do you see that connection between the repetition in the Pokemon games that have been out for 20-something years and then the Mass that's been going on for 2,000 years? Yeah, there's beauty in repetition. There's beauty in uh, things staying the same, even when things around you aren't. And so, um, I, I like that connection. That's a, that's a really good one. You might be taking my job pretty soon, but, um, I, I love the Pokemon games because they do stay the same, but they change some things. And I think mass is the same way. Mass will always be the same, but the way you experience it is not always going to be the same. 
you'll be at different points in your spiritual life. And, you know, Pokemon, the different Pokemon games and things like that, they change as you go. There's little changes that affect the experience of the gameplay. Just like at mass, if you're in a different place spiritually, you're going to experience things differently. Like if you're in a dry place, not receiving a lot of consolation and prayer, then during mass, it's going to be a little uh, harder. You're going to experience some things. Um, but if you're, you know, in a very fruitful place, if you're being very faithful and things like, and you're really in a state of grace, then mass becomes so much more beautiful. And I think um, as the game goes, like you'll have your favorites and you'll have your least favorites um, in the Pokemon series. And you'll have your moments at mass where you um, like the times when you really feel connected and there'd be times when um, you don't, and you just have to, at those points, stick it out. Cause you know, that the franchise is going to continue and be led well. And, you know, the church um, has been guaranteed to us and there's no chance that um, the church will fall and the, and things like that. So um, as much as, as great as Pokemon is, mass is even greater because we have, you know, divine, a, a divine promise that nothing's going to happen. So. That's great. Yeah. What, what most important question I could have for any, for you, which, is your favorite Pokemon game? There is a right answer, by the way. Oh, no. There's a right answer? There absolutely is a right answer. Well, I can... I've thought about this question, and I just... I have to go back. I love the new ones. The Sun and Moon have been great. I took the weekend off and kind of shirked my youth minister duties to hang out with my friends and play but <laughs> yeah i remember you telling tell me that boss. that was right when i saw you at a youth minister's yeah. conference in california you were like yeah i didn't go to work for like three days to play pokemon <laughs> yeah um yeah we're not going to mention that to anybody except you and i but and, and um, literally everyone listening to. right now <laughs> so it's like 15 people just just kidding i'm sure there's a lot more <laughs> But that's that's uh, Father Ryan and Alyssa's joke from uh, their show here on Red Sea. Oh man, I missed out. On that. All right, stop skirting um, the I question. Would... I asked the tough questions here. What's your favorite Pokemon game? I know it is. I have to say it's it's the original. It's blue. Just the memories that has I have with it. It has my favorite Pokemon on the cover. It just is everything that I like. You were so close to the correct answer. You were so close. You're, so, you're going to say red, weren't you? Uh, no. What, what's what's the... Okay. So I... Yellow? Yeah, man. Yellow is really? the correct answer because you get all three starters. It's the only one that you don't have to trade, which was super hard way back in the day. You, yeah, yeah you get all three starters. You get Charmander, you get Squirtle, and you get Bulbasaur. And there are people listening to this Catholic radio station right now just tuned in. They're like, what are they talking about, right? So... <laughs> Um, you were close. You, you, were, you were very, very close. Uh, you missed the mark, but um, we won't consider it a sin. So earlier you were talking about uh, we got a, we got about three and a half minutes left here. I want you. You said something so interesting. Do you remember which seven Pokemon represented the seven sacraments? Could you share that with us right now? Oh man, um, I can remember a few of them for sure. It's okay. Most people can't remember all yeah. seven sacraments. So if you remember most of the Pokemon that went with them, it's okay. I know almost. I, I know all the sacraments. So. There we go. But um, I'm going to be breaking. You want a cookie? Like extended. Sure. Uh, the extended version. Um, so confirmation was Chandelier because um, he is a Chandelier Pokemon. He has lots of fire and you receive the fire of the Holy Spirit at confirmation. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Gyarados was another. 
Oh, healing, uh, anointing of the sick would be Chansey, because if you went to a Pokemon Center, you'd always find a Chansey there healing your Pokemon, especially mm-hmm. in the cartoon. Um, Chansey! <laughs> exactly. Oh, I had, I mean, they were good, too. I really spent some time on them. Um, uh, let's see. And, and it's just so easy. You can come up. Let's see. Um, baptism would have to be a water Pokemon, so I would say it probably would be um, a Pokemon that would signify, you know, a change and anointing. Um, I, w- I would hope you would say Blastoise, like just like blasting water at people. Like you need to be cleaned yeah. of your sin. <sighs> yeah, kind of like when the priest does that with the palms at any mass where they do a blessing and you get <laughs> shot in the face with so much water you're, you're scuba diving. Um, yeah, Blastoise would be a great one because he's my favorite. Um, reconciliation that that'd be one where you know it's about healing and and um being forgiven and so i would go with um oh no the eucharist is archaeus because there's the source and some of our faith and archaeus is the god pokemon he created the universe of the pokemon so um that one was pretty easy uh nice getting into fake gods we love that on catholic radio Oh, yeah, yeah, there's lots of them. Yeah, I'm going to get hate mail now. (laughs) The whole theology of the Pokemon universe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to get kicked out of the show. (laughs) Well, uh, Jake (laughs) can take over. I hear Jake's really uh, a talented co-producer. Yeah, Jake is fantastic. So thank you for coming on the show. Uh, if you want to, if you want to f- follow this Chris Johnson fellow, the Poke Evangelist, he just got Twitter today. It's at Poke Evangelist CJ. You can follow him there. What's your uh, What's your Instagram? Because I know you're a little more active over there. Uh, my Instagram, I use my um, it's C Johnson underscore nineteen ninety. There you go. Yeah, I, I uh, what What's your birthday? July 19th. July 19th. Yeah, so I'm like six or seven months older than you. Well, hey, man, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, we just proved once and for all I'm better than you because I'm older, and you like old people. You, t- <laughs> you said that earlier. So uh, thanks, Chris, for coming on. Thank all of you guys for listening today. This has been another episode of Forte Catholic. Um, all, as always, you can check out more on the website, F-O-R-T-E-Catholic.com. Uh, until next week, see ya!